This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But where are we in relation to Theresa May? Another plot to oust the Prime Minister seems to have come and gone. After a weekend of speculation, uh, Theresa May will chair a meeting at her cabinet indeed to update her ministers on her Brexit plans. The big question is, will she actually bow to pressure and announce a date for her departure as Prime Minister? Or will she... Uh, Keep, keep, keep sticking in there and, and pressing on. I want to speak to uh, John Tong, and uh, John, of course, is our political commentator here on the programme with us from the University of, of Liverpool. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, John, you know, you, you don't have to be a professor like you to realise that she's in a very difficult place, but my goodness me, she has nerves of steel, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, the speculation about Theresa May's future reached fever pitch on Saturday evening when it was quite clear that some within her cabinet, quite a substantial, as many as 11 in her cabinet, were moving against her. But as has been the case with the Brexit process more broadly, things were botched and it appears that the Flossers couldn't agree amongst themselves. Did they want a replacement interim prime minister? David Liddington was the name put forward. Or was there going to be a leadership contest, a full-blown leadership contest? straight away with people like Michael Gove standing. So Theresa May, you know, her capacity for survival remains considerable. And I think the broader point to make is that changing the Prime Minister solves absolutely nothing. You know, the big issue, the EU withdrawal agreement and its acceptability or unacceptability, that's still there. The EU's not going to change the withdrawal agreement just because uh, the British Prime Minister is changed. So to some extent, this was a a crazy, entertaining 48-hour argument. But ultimately, it's, it's what the House of Commons still has to decide what it wants in terms of Brexit. And whatever Prime Minister is in place, that basic fact does not alter. Do you think there'll be some form of announcement, some move by the Prime Minister to suggest when she might be going in the future? Well, I think there might be uh, the, the possibility that she would put her vote to a third meaningful vote, and that's assuming, of course, and it's tended to be forgotten uh, over the weekend, that Speaker Burkow actually allows her to come back with, with her plan uh, for withdrawal. She could attach to that uh, some sort of a date of departure or intended departure for her. That would be extraordinary for Prime Minister to say, back this on the grounds that I'm standing down. I mean, you know, just adds to the craziness of the situation. That's a possibility. I still don't think she's got the numbers to get the vote through at the moment. Nigel Dodds as DUP Westminster leader was very, very adamant. And the DUP issued a hard-line statement on Friday saying that there simply hadn't been any changes to the withdrawal agreement and therefore they weren't backing it. 
there had to be changes to the legal text, um, which have not been forthcoming as we knew they wouldn't be forthcoming. So it's difficult to see how the DUP can be put on side. And some in the ERG will take their cue from the DUP, not all. So um, they're not going to back the deal. So unless the Labour Party abstain, it's difficult to see Theresa May being able to win. And you know, if you're third time unlucky, then frankly, as a prime minister, surely you do have to step down on such a matter uh, of importance. I mean, Theresa May has, for a long time now, since last November, told us this was the only deal available. Uh, she said it was the best deal and the only deal. If the House of Commons says no to that thrice, then where really do you stand as prime minister? Her position really would be untenable. But, but you know, Theresa May has, has stayed in there. She's toughed it out before. She's hung on in there. So there's no guarantee that we'll have a new prime minister anytime soon. And do you think this week will pan out as we're expecting it to? The MPs debating, you know, the Brexit next steps, a number of amendments, possible alternatives to the, the government plan, indeed, to, to, to put to a vote, uh, the, the indicative votes that they're talking about. You know, we'd, we'd be, we could be dizzy with votes during the run of this week. Yeah, the indicative votes ought to start tonight. This is frustrating because this is a process that should have been begun long, long ago. What should have been done is to take the temperature of the House of Commons to see what might have sufficiency of consensus to pass. These indicative votes should, be, should have been a long time ago. They should have been done before Theresa May ever signed off on the withdrawal agreement because you know, there's no point in signing an agreement if it's not going to fly in your own domestic parliament. You know, it's just got her into deeper and deeper trouble. So finally, belatedly, we may get these indicative votes. Now, that's not a panacea because there's no guarantee that there is a consensus for anything in the House of Commons, whether it be a second referendum, which you know, clearly there isn't a majority at the moment for it, whether it be very much Brexit light, a Norway plus or common market 2.0, as it's been labelled, in which we remain part of the EU single market and customs union. There's no guarantee that there's a consensus for anything. There in Bering has laid a problem for a long, long time. So... We've always had, really, the stay of execution for the European Union that departure date postponed until April the 12th. If Theresa May gets the deal through, we know that we'll leave under that withdrawal agreement on the 22nd of May. That's the only bit of clarity we have. We know what will happen if the withdrawal agreement can be passed this week. But it's looking at odds against the withdrawal agreement getting through. Let's see if there's any consensus for anything else. Um, people are talking about revoking Article 50. One of the Conservative MP, Mark Field, has, has argued that, you know, we simply tear up the Article 50 withdrawal notice. But people would criticise that as anti-democratic, you know, without even a second referendum on the issue. Mm, so, no, no, just on that second referendum, like a million people in London at the, at the weekend, are they just wasting their time? No, no, no one's ever wasting their time participating in democracy. Uh, and, and street marches and protests are part of that democracy. Absolutely nothing wrong with people taking part. And the same way that people, you know, I think the petition now is well over 5 million people and climbing to revoke Article 50. But even if, let's say, it gets to 6 million today, we, have to, we do have to remember that's still 11 million people less than voted to leave in 2016. So yeah, there are arguments for, for a second referendum. In a deliberative democracy, a referendum shouldn't be the, the final, final say for forever and a day. 1975 wasn't the final say in terms of our relationship with the European Union. But many people would see it as, as, as rather soon to be overturning a referendum result you know, that, that we were told was, was you know, yes or no. 
And I do think there are logistical problems with having a second referendum in terms of what would be the options put before the electorate. Can you really have a, a straightforward Remain versus Leave binary again, or would you have to frame it in terms of certain types of deal? I, I think, you know, there is an argument to say, look, we know a lot more now as an electorate than we did in 2016. There is a democratic case for holding another referendum. But I also think the logistics as well, not just in terms of framing the, the result, but the, sorry, framing the ballot, but also in terms of getting a majority in the House of Commons to go for a second referendum. And of course, we'd have to ask the EU for a much longer extension. It would take six months, probably. You'd be looking at autumn at the earliest to, to have a second referendum if it did take place. And I think some sort of a momentum. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, just yeah. On, on that, just because you, you did mention the online petition. Do you have any faith in that online petition, uh, John? Because we've had examples of people who've been able to vote in that three or four times. As, as long as you can conjure up a, a new email address, you can, you can vote to the cows come home. I'm sure that there are fraudulent signatures on it, but I think overall it, it does reflect a, a great sense of frustration, a, a desperate desire amongst Remainers to overturn the result in 2016. You know, they, they, they feel aggrieved, they feel it was the wrong decision, they feel that the referendum contained false information, such as that on the side of a bus, uh, famously in terms of money for the NHS. But against that, leaders will throw back, well, David Cameron virtually told us it was going to be a third world war if we left the European Union and talks a lot about security. So referendums are often fairly dismal affairs in which there's more heat than light. Um, yeah, there's a track record in other countries of having second referendums to think again uh, on Nice and Lisbon, of course, in, in Ireland. So it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. I, I think, though, more likely is that the House of Commons might finally come to some sort of resolution this week as to what it wants, because we can blame Theresa May all we like, and you know she, she is the, uh, the forewoman as, as prime minister. It's natural that the blame will fall there. But you can also, in defence of Theresa May, understand her frustration. She's tried to get a deal through, which many people, it should be said, in Northern Ireland like in terms of the backstop. But, you know, the farming and business communities couldn't have been clear that they like the backstop. They've been ranged against the opposition of the DUP and UUP, which see it as a, you know, the slippery slope towards uh, EU rule or or United Ireland. Plenty of people like it might like the deal in Northern Ireland. Theresa May genuinely thinks it's the only deal, and it's, it's a good deal in many ways. In fact, the EU has conceded quite, quite a lot in, in the view of Theresa May. So you can understand the frustration that uh, she's not been able to get it through. You know, she's going to have to reach across, though, and get more Labour people to back it, given that the DUP aren't shifting, and given the bulk of the European research aren't shifting in her favour. She's going to have to appeal to Labour and say, look, a lot of Labour areas voted leave. Uh, as, as an MP, back my deal, or you don't get any Brexit. But she's been spinning that line for so long now without making the impact because she's not a good campaigner. I mean, she, she gave the you know she she gave the dreadful address to the nation last week, which you know in, in, in terms of a uh, you know, going down well, it went about as well as uh, you know Harold Wilson's sponges broadcast in in the seventies at, at the height of the Sunningdale crisis. It was it was on a par with that. You know, just just blame everyone else. Um, so I understand the prime minister's frustration but she has to be more subtle in, t in trying to sell this deal. She's got what, probably one last chance this week, assuming that the Speaker allows it to go ahead. And I think the Speaker ought, notwithstanding 16 of war precedent and all that, we are in uncharted waters here. And the Speaker has always said the Commons shouldn't be bound by precedent. I think Speaker Burko is honour-bound to, to let Theresa May have one final try to see if this will fly.
What a week, what a week. John, perfectly described. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Professor John Tong from the University of uh, Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> do you want to add anything to that or is your head spinning as a result of having followed Brexit right through to this, which should have been the final week. This should have been the countdown to Friday, to the end of March, but absolutely not. Right, uh, 02890 Good morning. 